0: This morning, uh, I'd encourage you to open up to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. Uh, we're going to begin a study on the book of Proverbs, and um, I, I've titled it Leaving Our Foolishness Behind. I, I wanted to title it Calling All Fools, calling all fools uh, but I didn't think you'd appreciate it because I would be calling out to you And in all honesty, I'm calling out to myself as well. So um, we'll stick with leaving our foolishness behind, but know that we're calling all fools as well. Uh, We're going to be talking about wisdom, and I don't know how much you think about wisdom. Uh, I remember uh, my first year at college, I went to uh, one of the great institutions of education in our world today, Santa Barbara City College. And I chose that because my parents didn't want to fork out the bucks and uh, not sure whether I could make it through college. And so it was close and it was cheap. And so I went there. Uh, One of my first courses that I took was philosophy. I was going to get philosophical, I guess. And uh, so I remember going into the lecture hall and realizing the size of it. There were probably 100 to 150 people there. And... uh, the professor, and all his great wisdom, rolled to the uh, lectern, and he begins to talk about philosophy and spout off all these grand ideas. And, you know, I, I'm kind of one of those people watchers anyway, so I remember just kind of sitting in the front, kind of going, huh? And everyone's on the edge of their seats going, oh, wow. And it preceded a semester of uh, what could have been titled Deep Thoughts with Joe, is what it uh, amounted to. And this professor uh, was like God to some of these students. He was able to talk about things that uh, we didn't quite understand. I remember um, one particular day where uh, there was a student who had, uh, there was evidence of uh, quite a few uh, times where he had experimented with recreational drugs probably on a daily basis. But I remember looking back at him and uh, the professor was talking about the existence of God and he was like, whoa. (laughs) And I think about when I think about wisdom in our world today, that it is a, a filling of all these ideas out there, all these deep thoughts that people have come up with. And yet, even the mere definition of philosophy, which we used in that course, which was the love of wisdom, you find very little love of wisdom in our world today. And as we go through these next few weeks and probably the next couple of months, actually, uh, we are going to be seeking God's wisdom to see what he says, to compare our own thoughts to his thoughts and uh, remove our thoughts. So that we can leave foolishness behind. I'd like to read to you, uh, if you'd open up to Proverbs chapter 1, I'd like to read to you the first seven verses, if you'd stand in honor of God's word. This is what God's word says Uh, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand the words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. God, I ask in our time together this morning and in the weeks to come that you would teach us what wisdom is, that you would uh, work in our hearts, that this would find a way into the fabric of our lives. God, cause us to be fearful of how little we know you. And that we would desire to know you and to honor you, obey you, to follow after your wisdom and not our own. God, thank you for this time we dedicate it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I wonder if uh, you feel like I do, that uh, in our search for wisdom, we feel like we're drowning in a sea of fools. That you, when you look around and you search for wisdom all around you and, and look for examples of it, you just don't see that many. In fact, you see quite the opposite. You see your peers and your peers and your peers' parents and their grandparents and our world and our country and on the news. You see just a sea of fools that, that in our culture today that many and many and many are following after foolishness instead of walking in the wisdom of God's word. I think about the, the, different, uh, the different examples that I have of people who think they are wise, who are even, uh, they're, they have things to say that we consider wise, and yet they're not true. I think of one of my favorite phrases that I hear all the time is, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. It's spoken of in, in sports, in classrooms. There's probably signs and billboards, pins. Believe in yourself. And I think what they're getting at is to be confident. To be confident. Um, is that right or wrong? Is that wise or unwise? I think of a time uh, I was in high school and we had gone to the Santa Barbara County Fair. And I was with my family and my older cousin uh, and his and her husband, uh, who was pro- they were probably in their 30s. And I remember uh, there was a I was super confident, you know, when you're in high school and especially when I was in high school, who I was, I was confident about everything, everything. And so I'm at the fair. We are walking past the mechanical bull. And I'm like, I can do that. Oh yeah, I can totally do that. And I remember my cousin's husband saying, "Hey, I'll pay for it if you want to go ride that thing there." And he says, "You're probably chicken." I said, "No, I'm not chicken at all. I can do that. Have you ever done it before? No, but I've I've been to a rodeo once or twice. I I saw people. I've seen people who have done this. I can, of course, I can do this. And so he paid. I hopped on the mechanical bull. And the old-timer with the joystick running the mechanical bull had a great time that afternoon. I remember him jerking me from one side of the bull to the other just just enough he would let it settle down so I could get my bearings once again, just so he could jerk me off again. And eventually, hearing the roar of all the people that were just laughter, just cracking up, and then finally ending up sailing off the end, but my foot still caught in the stirrup And looking up to the sky like this and just hearing everybody cracking up, especially my family members. I was believing in myself, folks. You know, there's things that we convince ourselves are right and we're willing to proceed that aren't wisdom. I share that this morning and I could have many more examples from my own life. Um, But I could also have many more examples from your life. I would follow you around if I could uh, chart out all the times that you have played the fool, that you have thought you were wise and you were seeking all these deep thoughts and you thought you had it all figured out. And so you proceeded and showed in the end that you were not following the wisdom of God, but the foolishness of man. This morning, uh, and really just starting on this, we are going to be talking about God's wisdom I want to encourage you to, at least in your own heart and probably with your family members as well, admit your own foolishness. I think sometimes you get to the place in life where you say, it's time for me to be perfect. It's time for me to be wise in every situation. And it doesn't happen. And there's there's a sense in which our, our kids and grandkids sometimes look at us and say, oh, you do everything right. And we need to correct them. We need to correct them and say, no, I don't. I, I can show you the times where I've played the fool. I I know that I need to continue to learn. I know that I need to continue to grow. We come to the book of Proverbs and I, I love being here this morning Um how many of you are concerned about raising kids here? How many of you are concerned about raising kids here? You either got some or you got one in the womb or anything like that. You know, concerned about raising kids. You're concerned about your grandkids. Uh, some of you, these are, this is an appropriate thing, right? Well, the book of Proverbs is a father to a son. Father to his son. And really you can say a father to a father to his son it's God to Solomon to Solomon's son it's the handing down and and this is what's super important I think that um as we think about parenting and obvious this will come into play as we look at this there's always a handing down and the difficulty as most of us as parents know is that we don't know everything and so we can only hand down that which we know And we hope we understand that which our kids need to know so that we can hand it down to them. But there's this awful feeling inside that I need more. And so as we go to God's word, we trust that he will fill us up, that he will give us the encouragement we need. He will grow us that we might pass it down to the next generation. In uh, chapter 1, and I'll just tell you that we are not going to go necessarily verse by verse. We're going to be talking themes for the most part. But I find it interesting that in the midst of the book of Proverbs over and over again, verse 4, it talks about an important theme, to give prudence to the simple. To the simple. Um, Simple um, is the idea of being naive. Uh, of not having the experience, and I realize that word um, is maybe has worse connotations in the English than it does in the, the Hebrew. It's the idea that uh, inexperienced, you know, you know, naive's not in the uh, in the dictionary, right? You, you know, it's not there. You can look it up later if you. gullible's not there either. Anyways, um, but uh, it's the idea of not having experience. that was awesome first service was way better on this side over here it was way better it was significant it's like somebody turned the light on Um, when you think about being naive or simple it's the difficulty of being young that you don't have experience Like you haven't gone places, you haven't seen things, you haven't done things. And the problem with experience, those who are older can attest to that, to get experience, most of the time it takes pain. There's bumps, bruises, and scars. I had this great idea that I was going to ride my bike down this one hill and I thought I could make it, but I didn't make it. And then I broke this and I have this scar to show for it. That's experience. And and what is so good is if you can not have to learn from others' experience, but that you can listen to God. And that's what the book of Proverbs is all about. It's about taking those who are naive and simple, inexperienced, young, and giving them maturity that comes from God. Don't you want that? Don't you want that for your kids? Don't don't you wish your grandkids would have the wisdom of God prior to the mistakes, prior to the decisions? That's what the book of Proverbs is all about. I want to say this too. um, It's not limited to the young. It's not limited to the young. It's it's difficult to embrace, um, but... I think you know, 43, and I'd like to say that I've magically grown out of foolishness. That that was part of my youth, and there was some day in my 30s or something like that that I crossed the threshold and I was beyond foolishness. The reality is, foolishness is always knocking at our door, isn't it? It's the next decision. In fact, uh, if we don't learn the lessons of wisdom from God, we could be a fool our whole lives. We we could continue to make the same dumb mistakes and chase after foolishness. It's been said that there's no fool like an old fool. And that's true, isn't it? It, It's sad, isn't it? Because when we see someone... um, Forgive me for saying this, if you're if you're this person, but if we see someone in middle school and they're acting foolish, we say to ourselves, they're just going through a phase; they'll grow out of it. You know, everyone's foolish at that age, present company excluded. Present company excluded. Um, but but that's not true. That's not true. And to see someone in middle school act foolish, it's okay in our minds. It's a sense of eh, yeah. But when you see someone in your forties, Acting foolish. It doesn't seem right, does it? Or 50s or 60s. Or probably most difficult in their 70s and 80s. Realizing that they've lived their whole life in foolishness. We look at uh, God's word and he has wisdom for us. For the simple, the naive. But not just the young. But for everyone. The book of Proverbs and and. A lot of this is introductory material, which we'll build on in the weeks to come. Um, It's talking about the skill of living before God, the skill of living before God. It's not talking about popular culture thinks you should do this. It's talking about God is giving to Solomon to give to his son, to give to us he is saying, I want to train you in the skill of living with God and before God. It doesn't come naturally, I want to tell you that. In fact, quite the opposite comes naturally, doesn't it? Foolishness, we're attracted to it. Um, as we do this, and this, what's so exciting about the book of Proverbs, it's about raising kids. but it, But it's about family how that's supposed to look it's about finances how we should look at those it's about work it's about your heart it's about integrity it's about how you deal with conflict it's about leadership and as i think about these things i go that covers everybody everybody in fact as i go about my day relating with my wife relating with my children coming and being here at church, uh, being with family and friends and out in the community, everything that I do wrong seems to be addressed in the book of Proverbs. Everything. And and my attitudes that need to be different, they're addressed in the book of Proverbs. And so as we go upon this study, I think it's going to be a thrill as we see that God has a, a better way, not just a better way, a wise way, in the midst of a foolish world, well what's the goal? Um, the goal of the book of Proverbs, as Solomon refers to his son, is that that he and really for us and our children and our grandchildren, the goal is a beautiful life, a beautiful life It's the picture. That, that we can experience what God intended as we follow his wisdom. Um, I think that all of us, to some degree, uh, want a great life. We chase after things. We envy other people. We buy magazines and we see people's pictures. We see it on the internet and we, we chase after celebrities and we go, I wish I had that life. Well, the goal of Proverbs, and this is the thing that we don't see often in celebrities, is that it's not real. It's not real. That uh, million-dollar houses need to be painted again, right? There's a sense in which they need to be cleaned. You say, oh, I'd love this huge, amazing house. No, you wouldn't, because you'd have to vacuum it. You'd have to keep it up. You couldn't even afford to heat it, you know. And they're, Oh, yeah, there's things that come along with that. You see beautiful people and how they, they put themselves together and you don't see how they got to that place. And you say, well, it just seems so, it's, it's a facade, and in the end, when we see someone fall apart, someone crash and burn, we could look to the book of Proverbs and see the, the path that they have charted and realize it's because they didn't follow the wisdom of God. And me, being naive and simple, if I follow that same path, I will end in that same destruction. You see, the goal of the book of Proverbs is a beautiful life. It's taking your life and bringing it in line with what God has to say. It's God's thoughts into my life. Lastly, I just want to say this by way of intro. It was interesting to me to um, lay side by side the practicality of God's wisdom found in Proverbs with philosophy in our world today. Philosophy in our world today is just Sitting around talking about deep thoughts, but it never impacts your life. The book of Proverbs, God wants to reorder everything you do. He wants you to think differently, alongside Himself, so that you can attain the goal of living a beautiful life. One of, one of the things that's uh, interesting, um, I just want to I just want to say this now. Uh, As we look at Proverbs, we're going to look at verses, verse 7, primarily this morning. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord. Um, One of the things that is interesting about the book of Proverbs is I believe that people can get rich, get rich, wealthy by practicing the principles in the Proverbs without knowing God. I believe that. I believe that they can have a marriage, have a marriage that has some seeming health, that enjoys things about life, by doing what the book of Proverbs has to say when it comes to your marriage, but not knowing God. I believe that someone can raise children that seem to be respectful and uh, somewhat uh, productive member of society uh, by following the book of Proverbs and still have no relationship with God. But that's not what Proverbs is all about. If you look at verse 7 of chapter 1, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Fools despise wisdom and instruction. After the first service, somebody brought up to me um, a piece of scripture. They told me uh, that it's in the U.S. House of Representatives in one of their meeting rooms where they get together and they hash out uh, what's going to happen in our country. And it says this, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I wonder if you've seen bits and pieces of Proverbs out, out and about, maybe on a plaque or in someone's, uh, you know, they make a sticker and they see it as a saying. But but the point here is not that we are wise, but that it all begins with God. That all begins with God. In verse 7, it says this, It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, when I read that word beginning, I think this is where you start. This is the first step. This is uh, an elementary, this is the kindergarten class, if you will. This is where it all starts. If you are going to be wise, this is where it all starts. And I think to myself, I go, isn't there something else? Isn't there something else we should start with? The answer is no. It starts with God. It starts with God. Most of our world today, they're, they're um, grabbing and searching for wisdom, who to listen to. They, have, uh, they buy all those yellow books that says something for dummies. Something for dummies. I love those books. They're simple. But that's not where wisdom starts. That, that's not the beginner kit. Where does it start? It starts with God. Starts with God, not apart from God. Some of us think that we can do this without God, and if he fits into our plan of wisdom, that somehow, some way, uh, we'll be able to make it, even though it doesn't start with him. It does not start apart from God. Wisdom starts with God. Uh, and not just starting with God but starting in relationship to Him. The fear of the Lord. It's not just that God is the source of wisdom, but now He says the fear of the Lord, the idea that we would have some type of relationship with Him. Um, in school, you go through Classes. Uh, especially as you get into middle school, high school and college, you pick and choose your classes. You have electives and you sort through. And some classes are very different. You can take a biology course and a math course and uh, different courses and you learn different things. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to learn the information and then move away from the class and continue on. You take what you want, you add it into your life, you leave the rest behind, and that's what they call education. What we're talking about here is as we desire to be wise, it starts with God, but it doesn't just start with God. It, it goes in relationship to him, that he walks with you, that this is now a part of the fabric of your life. Um, this is probably, let, let, me, let me just say it this way, some of you might be struggling with this this morning. You might say, yeah, I want to be wise and I just don't seem to be getting it. I wonder what's wrong. And, and this may be the thing that's wrong. You don't have a relationship with God. You're trying to pick and choose what you think is best in life, but you don't realize that you need him. You need him. There's another point to that, that that I want to make clear is this, that, well, first of all, it starts with God. It starts in relationship with Him. But it starts in right relationship with Him. It says the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Uh, many years ago, I don't know how many it was, probably 10, 15, 20. I don't know, it couldn't have been 20. But there was kind of a fad going on through Hollywood were a phrase that they'd put on t-shirts and hats and it said jesus is my homeboy jesus is my homeboy now I, i i learned about this going to the middle school at lunchtime i saw a kid wearing it and i was like jesus is my homeboy what does that mean and why are you wearing that and where did you get that and i i'm sorting out through all these things and uh I remember, I think I asked the kid, and he says, yeah, he's just kind of my homeboy, he's with me. and he's kind of... um, what a, It bothered me, it bothered me, and maybe that was just me overreacting or whatever, but uh, what I want to point out on verse 7 is this, that it's not just that God's the source, and that we have to be in relationship with Him, but that we need to be in right relationship with Him. The idea that we have the proper placement in our relationship with God, and that is to be in the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Um. That sounds. Uh, it sounds hard for me because when I think about fearing God, I, I think, do I have to worry about Him? smashing me and and is he waiting for me to fail that he could crush me and and that's the way you're supposed to live if it is if it is so be it right if that's what god's word says that's what it is but let's look at god's word specifically the book of proverbs i want to read to you the passages that talk about the fear of the lord And I want you to ask yourself, is the fear of the Lord good or is it bad? Okay, I want you to ask that question as you hear these things. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. That one may turn away from the snares of death. Is it good or is it bad? Fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 16. Better is a little with fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Proverbs fifteen thirty three: The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Is the fear of the Lord good or is it bad? Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 17, let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. As I read the passages in Proverbs that talk about the fear of the Lord, I realize that it's good. Because the things that are found that come out of uh, this relationship of fearing the Lord are all the things that I want. All the things that are good. And so we have to understand, what is it to fear the Lord? One man has defined this as a reverential submission that leads to obedience. A reverential submission that leads to obedience. Now let me give you one other verse that maybe will be helpful for us to understand um, what it is that we it would mean that we would fear the Lord and it's Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 says this the fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe The, the fear of man is a snare is a snare what does that mean what does that mean? Have you seen that play out in your life? I have all the time. When, when was the first time? Maybe it was at school for you, right? This is this is a peer pressure verse, isn't it? The fear of man. It's this. You, 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 come, you come to school and you're wearing some shoes and someone says to you, your shoes are stupid. No, they're not. They're fine. I don't care. I don't care what you... Hey, everyone, look at his shoes. Look at his shoes. And you go home and you say, Mom, I've got to get some new shoes. Why? It's the fear of man. And what happened? It was bad stuff that happened, right? It snared you and entrapped you. There was other times where you were hanging out with your buddies and, and all of a sudden... Uh, they were doing something that you knew was wrong and you knew you shouldn't be doing it, and you didn't even really want to do it, but they looked to you and they're like, yeah, yeah I'm there, I'm with you." And it ensnared you. you. You were looking to you're doing things, you're telling jokes, and then looking around to see who's laughing. You're t- telling stories to see if they're interested. You were looking to see if people were impressed with you. You, you know, for older people, you, you buy a house and you say, what do you think of my house? I got this job. I make this money. What, what, what do you think of who I am? Are you impressed with me? It's the fear of man. It's a snare. That's what the scriptures say. That's what God says. But he also says to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord is the beginning of getting this knowledge and wisdom that comes from him. Do you see? It's the picture of us living a life that we would fear not doing what God wanted us to do. It's the picture that we would be taking conscious steps and looking back and saying, God, is this what you want me to do? I'm looking for your approval as I take steps in life. I want you to be pleased with the life that I'm living. Not because I'm scared that you're going to smush me, but you could. You could. You could, but I'm desiring the life that you have laid out for me because you love me and you know what's best for me. He said, the fear of the Lord, this is where it all starts for you. What it is, it's looking for God to approval, to approve the life that we are living. You get that? It's that as we make steps in life, we're not concerned with so much what everyone else is doing. We're not concerned with even sometimes what our family thinks. We're not concerned so much with what even our best friends think. But we're concerned most of all for the approval of God. That when when he looks at our life, he says, that's the one I got for you. That's what I have designed for you. That's what you will be blessed in. That's what will produce in you the beautiful life. It's the fear of God. It's the fear of God. It's, it's having Him be the one we're most concerned with. You see, um, most of the time we're chasing after wisdom... And yet looking to the fear of man. We're, we're, we're going about doing things and we're trying to identify what's right. We're looking to a world that doesn't know him. But we're also looking for the approval of men who don't have wisdom. And it ensnares and entraps us instead of the God who loves us so much. So if you're going to chase after wisdom today, I, I want to tell you this. I, I'm not making this up. It comes from God's word that wisdom starts with God. And that you need relationship with him. It's not something where you read his word and you take what you want and you leave him behind. No, it's in relationship with him. But it's also in right relationship. It's that you're concerned with his approval. You're looking at his, what he does, has designed for you and he wants for you. Knowing that that's what will produce wisdom in your life. The fear of the Lord. This morning as we've met and as we've spent time together, I just ask you this simple question. Do you know and fear the Lord? Do you know and fear Him? If you don't, that's where wisdom begins. And you giving your life as it is to Him, saying, I need a Savior. I need to obey you. I need to have a new life in you. New Testament, uh, beyond the book of Proverbs, tells us that Jesus came and died for sinners. So that he would be in relationship with us for eternity. That we, whether we live or die, we're okay. Because we have been saved from our sins. The things that we have done. And that by trusting in him. That he would give us a new life. And this is where it all begins. For us to live in wisdom. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this morning. Um, God... uh, we share a message like this in, in the midst of a sea of fools. And I realize that this has always been true, that as men uh, who haven't trusted in you um, set the pace for us, uh, they're the ones we look to for approval, and it just makes a mess of this world that we're living in. God, I pray in the midst of that, that you would call people to yourself. That even here in our midst this morning, if there are any who haven't trusted in you, that they would realize that they need you. They realize that the fumblings of their life, the foolishness that they have chased after, the naive things they have done, how vulnerable they are, has come from not knowing you. God, I pray that you would cause us to have a proper fear for you and relationship in that we would take proper steps caring about hearing from your voice exclusively and not being ensnared by the fear of man. God, thank you for this morning. We ask that you would be with those who are hurting. Pray that your Holy Spirit would even be working in our midst now as they have heard the word, they have been with your people. You'd encourage us for the week to come. God, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.